Hi, it's Darren here from The Tech Entrepreneur. In today's episode, we're doing things a little bit differently. There's not an interview today. Instead, I'll be sharing some of my tips and advice on how to avoid and turn into an opportunity the top three problems that I see in businesses with tech. So let's jump in. talk about today is a common one for many businesses and it's all about how you onboard customers into your business. Many businesses, the large majority will, will all have this this type of common need where onboarding a customer into a business is, is such a, an important time for both the customer and the business. It's all about you know, first impressions um, for, for, for the customer side of things and for the business it's all about getting customers onboarded and you know, getting data correct right from the start giving them a really great experience so, so everything's kind of starting off on the, on the right foot. And what you often see in businesses is where they have a website, you know, a, a shop front, which, which you know, can, could look good varyingly, could, could look good, could look bad. But a lot of times it ends up in a contact form where a potential customer will fill in a contact form with a few details. Often these details are what we like to call kind of free text. It basically means there's a box where you can write anything into it. And then that contact form is then sent off to one of your members of staff or yourself if you're if you're um, in business on your own. Um, and then you have to kind of take it from there as this kind of totally manual process where um, where you'd, you'd basically have to message back to the customer. You'd probably have to exchange a few emails or phone calls. Um, all of this kind of eating up the time where you would potentially be serving your other existing customers and you know a lot of that is, is within office hours when it's more when it when it's when it's easier for the, for the business to provide a service but might not necessarily be a good time for the customer so you know taking that problem how, how would you how would you resolve that with with tech um, there, there's, there's there's probably a few ways to resolve it but one of the kind of most common ways we like to resolve it certainly in my time at clear sky and, and previously as a developer would be to build a, what we'd like to call it an onboarding journey. Basically, think of it as a, as a digital journey that you have on your website where not only are you guiding the customer through a series of kind of questions to determine what service is best for them, but you're also able to collect the customer's data that you need, that you will need to, to serve that customer properly or give them a, a, an accurate estimate or quote, um, or, or even you know allow them to select a service or a product and make a payment as all always part of the journey. So that that's something that's not just it's not just good for the customer, it's good for the business as well. And um, that you're not having to spend manual effort onboarding every single customer into your business, which even larger companies do. You often see that with companies which have you know, huge call centers with lots of people in them, when you know in reality a lot of that could be um, automated through a digital journey and followed up with kind of automated communications. So by automated communications, you're thinking things along the lines of you know, automated welcome emails, welcome packs and PDF format. You could be looking at um, even text messages um, or notifications through mobile apps to customers to let them know that you know their, their, board, their, their customer onboarding is, is going as planned and, and everything's okay, um, all without, uh, without a person having to, having to do that. Um, so you know, to take that, for example, imagine what a difference that could make to your business. You know, if you if you're out serving clients, then um, then you can't really be communicating well and effectively with the customer. So um, you know, so so having having a digital presence on that online, a, a kind of digital journey of, of good good standard, you know, would would really would really make you more efficient across the board. 
The next question would be, what makes a good customer journey? Well, if you're looking for an example of, of a really great customer journey, um, go and take a look at um, bulb.co.uk. They're an energy supplier in the UK. Um, but for me, there's there's two really important aspects of a good customer journey. It's it's customer engagement and simplicity. And I think they've, they've really kind of hit home both points there in their journey. So by engaging, what would I mean by that? Well, it's it's very it's very easy for a, for a customer to answer questions accurately. Um, so for example, instead of having a, for the first question is here, I live in a flat or a house in their journey. And it's just very simple as a picture of a flat and a house. There's only two choices um, and it's worded in the same way that that person might kind of answer that question, you know, that I live in a flat or a house. So you don't need to be a tech expert or anything like that to go through this type of journey. Um, but just take a look. Um, and the second point there is engaging. You know, there's little things in that journey that just make it a nice experience for users to go through. Um, for example, take a look at that. My home has, and it's basically a bedrooms question to, to work out how big your property is. There's a, there's a, there's a plus and a negative um, button, and you press it, and if you, you know, if you add bedrooms to it, the actual picture of the house gets bigger. So it's easy. It's, not only is it playful, but it's also easy for the customer to understand exactly what they're answering on, on those pages. It all sounds very simple, but if you take a really bad um, customer journey example on then you know they're, they're all over the place but um uh you you'll you'll recognize them by up front a bad customer journey asks you for all your information straight off the bat without even knowing what services that the service provider might offer or products they may offer um and and it's really kind of it puts customers off the drop-offs huge you know if you present a customer with a a large page of inputs then you know it, it's it's no wonder that a lot of customers don't complete it Whereas, you know, they might have otherwise done, you know, a good example here is with Bulb where they're asking all these kind of engaging questions straight off the bat and it's really building up a, almost like a, a mini kind of relationship in the journey where you've committed to it, you've answered all these questions and it's been a good experience. So therefore, when you when you do need to provide your customer details, things like your email address, your address, your phone number, et cetera, then you're already committed. You know what you're getting into. You know how much you're going to save by joining them. Um, and you know what an outstanding customer journey I do advise go and take a look at it if it's not clear what a customer journey is then um, you know go over to um, bulb.co.uk and, and go through their their quote journey there it's, it's 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 fantastic and something to think of you know when you do look at a journey like that is how many more customers could your business onboard and and you know and how much uh, kind of reduced time it would take to onboard a customer if you had a similar journey problem number two so this, this comes back to, it's, it's almost an extension to the first problem, but it's when you do um, when, you, when you do onboard a customer and they become your customer, then how do you manage the customer relationship going forward? Um, you might think this is a, a big business problem, but it really affects you know almost every business across the board um, from your kind of one one person tradespeople to, to, to larger corporations and, and it affects them in different ways. You know, for the larger companies, They'll be for servicing your your customers. They'll be leaning heavily on um, a call center, you know, which is difficult to um, maintain. You know, staffing levels, staffing sick, staffing trained, etc. So it's very expensive to to have a, a large call center, um, and and generally that call center will be doing a lot of simple tasks, which the customer would probably like to do on their own without having to call in. You know, so you can think of you know the customers having to make a payment. If they're having to, you know, change a tariff or change a change a service tier or update their details or any of that, um, then you know if you if you're not providing a customer self serve um, as part of your offering, then they're going to have to phone into your call center. 
And this can be often the worst time for a customer. You know, it could be during the day when they're at work, when they're trying to um, rush a call into to, to your company to sort out an issue or update some sort of information when really they don't have the time and they certainly don't have the time to be waiting on hold or anything like that at all. And if you had a, a self-serve um, system for a customer where they can log in online or through an app um, and they could fill out or change the details that they need to change, you know, at their own um, discretion, you know, during the outside working hours, um, whenever they want to on the way to work, you know, whenever you're trying to um, just get things done. So if you don't have that, then, you know, you, you should really be considering it. It's, it's, a, it's a great investment. Um, you know, if you want to take an example of a, of a really fantastic self-serve system, it, I'd probably be looking to somewhere like Monzo, um, one of the kind of challenger banks that set up in the last few years, um, where um, not only was I was able to set up an account within you know 10 minutes or so, um, as opposed to you know a much larger older bank where it took me weeks to set up an account. But once I was a customer, I've never I've never had to phone them. I don't even know where I would find their 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 call details. Um, but everything I've had to raise or, or sort out of being able to do inside their app from um, from you know online tutorials about how things work, it's all on the app, I don't need to phone them up to find that out. Or just, just knowing that there's new features around, that when you log in, then the, the app is able to show you there's a new feature you might be interested in, you might find a use for this. Um, it's a nifty little little new feature. Um, and it just means that, you know, I've never had to call that, call, that, 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 um, that company. So, you know, um, you know, certainly for me and, and for most people, we, 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 you'd never be able, you never need to phone them. So they only have to have enough staff to handle the more kind of serious issues um, that, that will come up from time to time. Um, so yeah, do take a look at, at Monzo if you're, if you're looking for a, a great um, experience for once you do have a customer, but how to kind of talk to them, how to how to engage with them. Um, yeah, so take a look at Monzo. Okay, and finally on to problem number three. Um, this is the this is the problem I was talking about earlier, where it was about you know a death by a thousand cuts for businesses as they grow. A lot of a lot of businesses kind of grow very quickly. They don't have such a thing as a data strategy, which is really kind of scary term. Um, but what does it really mean? It means that the information you hold in your customer is accurate enough that you can run your business with it. You can make decisions on it. You know you can rely on it. And a lot of businesses, you can see them putting their, put their head in the sand a fair bit, where they might understand that. You know, during kind of operations of the business that realize that there might be data issues here or there and how did data issues pre present themselves it could be as simple as you know incorrect email addresses or old email addresses old phone numbers you know, um not not keeping up with a customer when they're moving addresses it could be it could be more serious than that than when you've got customers that are um, that have signed up for one service but somehow they've been added to the wrong service and and billed incorrectly um, which leads to obviously disputes with customer where they say you know they think they owe one thing and you think they owe another, which is never good for a customer relationship. Um, and a lot of that is can be kind of brought down to not having your finger on the pulse with data. You know how accurate is your data, how much data do you have, and how much data should you have. Um, and then you know there's there's add-ons with data as well. If you keep your eye if you take your eye off the ball with data, it's you know it's, it's security. You can only hold on to it for a certain amount of time. And you can certainly only hold on to a certain type of data depending on your on your business as well. So, yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. The repercussions of not keeping an eye on your data just means that as you get bigger as a company, things become more and more difficult to to scale, to, to kind of automate. You provide a kind of worse service to a customer, whether that be through incorrect billing or, um, or, or, or even just losing track of them entirely, not knowing where they are or be able to kind of upsell them any other features. So make sure you're, you've got your eye on your data, you know where it is, 
you know the levels of quality of the data and you've got a plan on how to improve it um, over time. And you know, it, sometimes it's not over time, sometimes it's quite abrupt. You might make a certain change in the business um, and you've not realized that there's an underlying problem with that change, which is then reflected in your data. So yeah, you, you might occasionally get like a spike in problems if you do start tracking it. And that's good because it almost gives you instant feedback on, on your business and, on, and how it's doing and if the changes are are having repercussions through the data and information that you can extract. Now on the flip side of that, if you've got a you've got a bit of data strategy in place, you, you're you're kind of confident with your data, it just unlocks so many potential ways forward for your company that you don't really have to make decisions as much on feeling anymore. You can do it with a mixture of of that obviously but also but adding in data on top turned into information. You know, having kind of key metrics around your business, how it's running how long, for example, it's taking customers to onboard with you, how many times those customers interact with you, what's the kind of cost to serve a customer, you know, all those things can, can add up to help you make decisions on your business. A quick recap, you need to be doing three things with tech in your business and make sure you're doing all these three, that they're all very important and those were, have a great customer onboarding experience, have it digitally, have it on your website, have it on your app. Um, once you do have a customer, really make that relationship as rewarding as it can be for everyone. You'll make sure they can self-serve through a through an app or a mobile app. Uh, make sure they don't have to call your call center unless it's a serious problem. Um, and it'll help your business scale um, very quickly and um, without having the additional overhead of serving more customers. And finally, the, the last tip there was around data that, you know, basically keep your eye on the ball with data, make sure it's accurate. If you've got accurate data, you can make better decisions for your business and grow more quickly. Okay, well, I hope you found these tips useful today. It's a little bit different as I said earlier. Um, and certainly if you'd like to appear on the podcast as a guest or you've got any other tips or advice you, you might be after, then definitely um, get in touch.